Welcome into a brand new episode of the last interview podcast, the second edition. And we are with none other than, according to Gary V, the legend himself, Mr. Brandon Steiner. Brandon, how are you doing today? I'm great. Everything's good. You know, it's a crazy world and uh, it's a difficult, uh, difficult time for everybody. But, you know, life is difficult. So if you know that life's going to be difficult, it when you run into the difficulties, won't be that bad. So, you know, we got to all remember that um, that this is a little bit of what life is: difficulties, and hopefully, we all come together and figure out how to make life a little easier. But uh, for everybody out there that's struggling, you know, my prayers are with you, and I hope that um, I'm hoping that good things are around the corner, and maybe there's a silver lining all this too. You know, I think you said something so well earlier when this first hit when you kind of got annoyed of this term that everyone seems to be using is the new normal because you kind of said when was anything normal um and i feel like that's a great point because simply what is normal you know life changes every single day and, and you never know when life can change what made you kind of realize oh like every day is special in that aspect um, I mean, I think urgency, you know, I, I think to me, what drives me and, and what makes every day special is my ability to have a high level of non-acceptance. doesn't really matter where you're at. What matters is what we're willing to, what we're willing to accept and what we're going to do about it. So I think when you kind of have your back against the wall, uh, it does put a lot of pressure and urgency to your game. And if you can get used to that, if you can kind of work that into your daily diet, you'd be surprised how much progress you can make. Because if you think about some of the best things you've ever done, it's when your back's been against the wall and when you're on a high level of non-acceptance. I think that we'll come out of this, and I'm not an economics uh, predictor by any stretch, but we've been, our backs have been against the wall in a, in a, in a not only national, but international way. We've all been now pushed a lot past some points that we ever thought we could be dealing with. And when you do that, you know, you focus, you know, you tend to think about what's important. You tend to think about more what's next, where have I been? This is what happens when you get really laser focused. And when you, the only time you get laser focused is when somebody's got a gun to your head and, or when your back's against the wall, and you're not sure when you're going to even be able to go out and get your next meal. And that kind of stuff brings, you know, a really high level of attention. It definitely brings a high level of non-acceptance. You know, you're like, you know something, when this thing's over, I'm not doing this. When this thing's over, you know, I don't even want to live in the city anymore. You know, I don't want to live in this house anymore. You know, I don't want to be married anymore. You know, once you start getting some things cleared up, you know, a lot of, you know, I think, I think that there'll be a big silver lining. So I ask anybody who's listening, it's like, what's your level of acceptance and non-acceptance? And if you can get to some non-acceptance in your, in your mindset where you're not willing to accept some things and the next thing is going to come is like, what are you going to do about it? And then you get your dreaming volume turned up. You start dreaming about what you want to do about it because once you're in that mindset, it's very tough to stop somebody. You know, once you're, you know, you're feeling that pressure and you're really focused in. What would you say, you talk about importance, what would you say is the most important things to you right now? Health, you know, I think, it, you know, listen, in my last book, Living on Purpose, I talked a lot about health and about faith and family and friends, you know, the F word. But, you know, 
I just think that you don't, you shouldn't need a virus to realize how important it is to eat healthy, be healthy, because you know you never know when the difference between some people living and dying was how healthy they were. Now, some people are dealt a bad hand. I, I don't, I, I feel horrible about that. You know, there are some people that are compromised and no fault of their own, but there are a lot of people that were compromised and it was a fault of their own because they didn't exercise, because they didn't eat well and they didn't take good care of themselves. So you are home now, you've had more time, you're commuting less, you got less places to go. You're not going on vacation. There's no reason not to work out and find some physical fitness in your diet. There's no reason not to figure out how to eat a lot healthier, but most of us are gain weight, even me. I mean, I admit it, like I'm up eight pounds, which is, I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm so, but I'm in that, I'm not acceptance mode, I'm about starting to lose it back, but I'm like, I'm pissed at myself. And I, I'm, but I, you know, listen, I, I just think health and faith, you know, faith is something that you believe in, even though you can't see it. And uh, I think right now we all need to incorporate some faith and, and find a higher power. You know, hopefully it's God or whatever it is, believe in something that's on a higher power that is going to guide you to safety, take care of you, your family, and find a way for you to kind of, for all of us to move forward. I think that faith is a very underestimated uh, ingredient in mm. business success. I think that there's a lot of things, no matter how hard you work and what you do, you know, faith does play a role in hoping and helping you get to where you want to go. So it's important to incorporate that. And obviously you want to be relentless. You want to work hard. Those are all important ingredients. And, and, and you want to be somebody who follows through, which in this day and age, you know, where your mind gets a little crazy, I always say to all my people, the fortune is in the follow-up. You know, it's not what you expect, it's what you inspect. And it's so important to go back and really be a follow-up person, especially where people are a little scattered these days. Their mindset's a little bit off. And I, I, I feel it. You know, I call people, it's three calls where it's normally one or, you know, the, the real delayed uh, call back. But people are distracted. They're at home. They've got kids. They've got people that are sick. Um, you know, there's, there's different stuff going on with different people. So you have to lead with empathy. And I was just mm. going to answer your question with that. Lead with empathy. You know, focus on your health. Not only the physical gym, but the mental gym. You know, making sure that you're trying to keep your mind right. Making sure, you know, you're reaching out, talking to people that also uplift you. Because immediately you start talking to somebody. First thing you start talking about is how bad this virus is, how screwed up our government is, the politics, everything. And before you know it, you know, you, you need a quaalude or a volume to calm yourself down. So you got to be careful not to fall into that trap. And I, what I do is I just try to think about where I want to be when this thing's over. That's where my, that's where my uh, liquid and visual mindset goes. Like, what do I want to have when this is over? Uh, from a business standpoint, things I want to do personally. And, and I'm trying to set those things up in my mind to look forward to those. I always say the anticipation of some of the best things in life are better than the actual things themselves. Hmm. You know, you're like, you have these concert tickets for six months from now. You're dying to go to that concert. You get the tickets 10 minutes before. It's not quite the same. So why not build up that long line list of anticipated things that you want to do and look forward to them and work hard to know when this is over, you can go do them because you've saved a little more money. You've made a little more money. You've come up with a strategy to go execute those things. That's kind of where my head's at. Like, it's not easy. I mean, I have my days where, you know, I'm like, God, what the hell happened here? Certainly. I mean, I don't think anybody's not going through some of that 
uh, from time to time or day to day. But you got to be careful not to get stuck in the mud. What would you say is on top of your uh, list of things you're looking forward to most that are getting through you right now for these days? Well, I'm excited about, you know, my new company. You know, I, I no, no way would have had this time and focus to be able to come to work every day, build this new platform that I've been dying to build, which is Collectible Exchange. And this new platform that I'm announcing in a few weeks, Athlete Direct, where people can buy directly from athletes and then collectors can buy from each other on Collectible Exchange. I mean, I've, I've been able to spend, you know, a crazy amount of time on it without feeling guilty and without being distracted, without having to travel and go to meetings and just really been nailed down this, this stuff. So I'm excited, you know, I'm excited. I'm like a little kid again, you know, building these two new companies and, and uh, making a lot of progress and, and helping people, you know, to, you know, basically solve their collectible problems. It's been fun. Now you said before that, are you in still in the same stage where you still love to sample things? Is that where you're at now? Or are you more just like going all in on something now? No, you know, the, the going all in on something is, is really, in this day and age where there's so much analytics available, there's algorithms available, you can really understand where you're at. There's no need to get in the deep end of the pool without sticking your toe in the water and checking things out. You, you know, sampling is really not hard. The only reason to get away from sampling is because your ego is out of control. So, you know, I, I move on much, at a much slower pace as I'm getting into things from logistics, execution. You know, people ex have a high level of execution. They want, you know, they want things quicker, faster. They want to be updated. Um, so, you know, you've got to be on top of that, on top of your game. You don't have all kinds of time. Even if you have a proprietary product, you know, people don't want to sit around waiting. Um, nobody wants to sit around at a doctor's office waiting. You know, you want to get in, you want to get out. And that's how people look at retail. And that's how people look at most of their transactions. So you got to put, you got to have your shit together. And that's, that's my mindset. And I'm still a big sampler. Um, you know, sample quick, you know, I mean, fail quick, sample small and dream big. You know, that's my favorite saying, dream big, sample small, fail quick. Don't be afraid to walk away from the table. Sometimes your idea just sucks and it's okay. I've had some bad ideas over the years and I probably stuck around too long on them and I'm learning not to get, you know, too much in the deep end of the pool on some of these bad ideas. Even at this point in my career, I'm still coming up with some bad ideas, but lately I'm feeling the love and, and I'm very grateful because people are loving collectible exchange and the, the action and transaction level is way beyond what I ever thought. Uh, the support's been great. So I'm, I'm very grateful. Would you rather have a what if or uh, I should have done this better? No, I should have done this better. I mean, there's no more. What if is, I don't have a whole lot of what ifs. I don't really know from that. I've been, I've been kind of a fearless entrepreneur and I urge people to, you know, not to hesitate to, you know, figure out what else and what's next. And I mean, it's the only way to grow, you know, if, the only way to grow is if you're going to go jump into things and try some things. And, um, but, you know, listen, I, I think there's a, a pace to it now where you can go do a lot with a little, you know, you don't need a lot to get some things rolling. And I think if you're a young entrepreneur, what an opportunity now that's presented with so much change about the way people go about services and products and the, the knowledge now that a young person has and, and really just a complete leg over everyone. I mean, I, I think that just 
I think this country is in really good shape with some of our younger Generation Z and, and young kids because what they could do and the speed that they could do it, and, and, and it's it's impressive. And I think there'll be the highest level of entrepreneurism in these next two, three years, especially post uh, virus. I, I think it's going to be amazing. Uh, I, I think there's going to be so many openings and opportunities to do things differently. I already see them now and uh, it's off the charts and I can see more coming. If you could say, you know, I want to rewind button. I wish I could have, could be 25 and an entrepreneur right now. Would you have done that versus the way that you've lived your life? I, I don't think so. I mean, I love my life and I've been very grateful. It's a good question. Um, listen, there was nothing better than my, my young twenties. And my later 20s, so I was, it was insane what I did. I, I don't even know if I could replicate it. So I don't know if I'd want to do that again, because I don't know if I could replicate what I did. It's so insane. But so to, to even want to go back to that and replicate the insanity, I, I want to replicate it in a different way. And that's what I'm doing now. You know, when, you know, as a 60 year old, what happens is, you know, you want change, you want to do things differently. I think a lot of people, you know, when they hit 50 are really feeling that, you know, they're doing what they're doing for 20, 30 years now. And you're probably good at it, you know, but the question is, you want to do something else. And the question is, are you able to bend over and start like a 20 year old, you know, work Friday nights, work all day, Saturday, maybe work two jobs, ask a lot of stupid questions, meet new people, make new friends. I mean, you, you don't realize what goes into being a younger entrepreneur, like what all the things that have to get put into place. So as you get older, when you talk about getting stuck in your way, the older people are extremely experienced and capable of doing a lot of things. What they're just not able to do is get into a high level of non-acceptance on all the other things that you need to do. Make new friends, go to different conferences, connect with different types of people other than the ones you've been connected to. You, you're starting a new life. You got to start with new people around you. You got to start with different knowledge and you got to start with a lower pay scale maybe. But I urge people to try it because you'd be surprised how far you can go. Um, but most people fear, you know, taking that risk. They don't fear, they fear going into a body of water that they're not used to going into. But when you're tw in your twenties, it's just a lot easier. You know, you don't, you don't, you're not feeling the burden re accountability responsibility you have when you're an older person. And a lot of it's just in your mind. Um, but, you know, I still feel the fear and I have the nervousness when I wake up in the morning, like I did in my twenties. And even, I don't even have the financial stress. It's not like my family's counting on me to come home and put food on the table at this point. So I'm just doing this for the love of the work. Yet you're still, you know, you're competing. And if you're really competing, you want to win. Yeah. You're going to be a little nervous. I don't care what any athlete tells me, oh, man, you're competing on a high level and no matter how prepared you are and your strategy is good. You're nervous nervous because you want to win you want to do everything you can so um it's a mindset that you know you have to build yourself up for so you got to take advantage it's just a little easy to execute that mindset when you're younger with a little less is riding and, and you have a little more energy and, and a little more flexibility I don't do know you feel like age sense. is just a number no that makes a lot of sense and great points but do you feel like age is just a number in your opinion Nah, i mean i think age there's, there's some real benefits to being older uh, which I think younger people need to respect and understand, you know, and, and I think older people need to understand that there's some real serious benefits of being younger um, and not let it 
this is a time in business we cannot let generation gaps play a role. Older people need younger people. You need younger people. To, I, I need younger people. I keep them around me to mentor me. And I mentor a lot of younger kids and, and his experience and stuff. Like I was just telling one of my younger employees the other day, I was like, listen, you're probably smarter than me. And there's a lot of things you can do better than me. But there's just some things you just haven't been on this planet long enough to know better. And when that shit goes down, you are going to need to stop talking and stop reacting. And you need an older person's view. And I think that a lot of companies that are doing well have been able to combine an older and younger person's view in those marketing and promotional offices. You see some of the companies that are failing to adjust and adapt is because you have a 45-year-old CMO, 50-year-old CMO, who's certainly accountable and responsible for the stuff that has to be done, but there's no young person in sight other than a social media kid in the corner. And that's usually a formula for, you know, mediocrity. So... I think age is important. I think experience is important. You know, it's credibility. It's your, your proven track record is important. But energy, enthusiasm, and your ability to, to, to be opportunistic and optimistic, you know, cannot die with and only be available with youth. You know, I always tell dreaming is not age discriminatory. Everyone can dream. Everyone can be optimistically opportunistic. You don't have to be young, bright-eyed. And I, and I feel like a lot of older people kind of get kind of down and kind of stuck because a couple of things have happened along the way that they didn't really like the way it happened. So what? It's life. You're going to get beat up, man. You're going you know, to get your ass kicked a little bit. Um, that's something I would tell every young person. Like, you're going to get your ass kicked. You're going to get a beating once in a while, man. It's not happy times. It's not convenient. It's not fun. But you know something? You, you bounce back up, man. It's you know you'd be surprised how much smarter you are, and you know that's that you know that won't happen again. So that's how I look at it. Like I've gotten my I've gotten that door hit my butt on the way out a few times. Well, would you rather just win all the time and never lose, or would you rather have a little bit of both? Yeah, I'd rather win all the time, of course. But I also understand that losing is not the opposite of winning. It's a big part of winning. You know, you're not going to pitch a shutout in life. You're not. You know, it's not going to happen. Um, so you just want to win more than you lose. And when you do lose, obviously, you want to make sure you get the learning lessons, which I think it's talked a lot about, which is important. But when you're going through those learning lessons, it ain't, it ain't happy. It's not happy times. And I'm not happy when I'm losing. The truth of the matter is I ain't happy when I'm winning either because, you know, that's just result-driven stuff. Like, I'm happy when I'm progressing. I'm happy when I have pop, which is progress on process. You have to really, the winning really should only take place when you can figure out how to increase and improve your process. When you can improve to get the better people around you that can push you further than you thought, that's really the winning. The result stuff, I mean, it's, you know, the result stuff can get you a nicer car, a better hotel room, you know, a bigger, couple more pieces of jewelry. I, you know, so the winning and losing is very overstated, uh, frankly. And sometimes the, the losing thing can be some of the most important stuff that happens to you when you think about it. Um, but I think the winning is overrated. I think the losing is overrated. And I think process and, and practice and, and really digging into things when the lights are off is critical. You know, and, and, and that's really where the hard work comes in. And that's where I think I beat a lot of my competitors is that 
you know, I could, I could, I could spend a whole day on Saturday, man, just thinking and really drive, driving myself to figure out something much bigger and better than what I'm doing. When was the last time you surprised yourself? That's a good question. I mean, um, listen, I'm surprising myself now, you know, I mean, you know, I easily could have retired. Um, there's a lot of stuff on the table and some of the patience that I've had are on some of these things to let materialize is, you know, it's not really my second nature, but when you're running a big company as I was, you know, waiting for things to happen is not my nature, you know, making things happen is my nature, but sometimes you have to wait for certain things to develop and happen. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I'm, I'm into a lot of self-analysis and I think it's important to be able to step outside yourself and really see yourself and what you really are and what you're really doing and where you're really screwing up. But I don't, I'm not, I don't sit back and, you know, pat myself on the back or, or like, Brian, look, what you, look what you've accomplished, you know, look what you have. I mean, who cares? <laughs> I mean, you know, if I have my health and my wife's happy and my kids are doing well, I, I care about that. But all the other stuff is just peripheral, I don't know, trimmings and not really all that relevant. So surprise myself. I mean, I think my whole life has been basically a surprise. I don't think anybody knows me and deals with me on a regular basis doesn't have a normal feeling about what they're going to expect coming out of my mouth or how we're going to go approach a, a business deal. They know that it's going to be out of the box. It's going to be a surprise. Uh, this is my favorite part of any interview I do. It's a fast five quick round. It's five quick questions, but you can sure. expand if you want and take as much time. Are you ready? Of course. All right. First one was one piece of sports memorabilia you've never owned that you've always wanted to own. It's a good question. I mean, I, I've really bought most of the stuff that I've wanted and sold and, and, and everything else, but um, I think probably I, I wouldn't mind having something from Martin Luther King. Um, mm -hmm. I would like, love to have something, you know, one of his personal effects would be cool. I feel like what he stood for is probably the most entrepreneurialistic person besides all the normal stuff that everyone no, normally sees what he stood for, which is such a critical part of uh, what's going on over the last, you know, 50 years, he's been as much a part of it, but also he's a tremendous entrepreneur. You know, he believed in something that no one else was actually seeing and he sold it, mm -hmm. even if it was at risking his own life. I'm a big, I'm a big fan. What is your favorite sports movie of all time? Well, it's probably, um, Slapshot or probably, uh, Bull Durham. Mm. Bill Dorham is just an amazing, but you know, I, but I could watch Rudy all day and you know, I could watch Rudy a hundred times over and I know Rudy. So I developed a relationship with him and I was just watching the other day for the hundredth time. It's just such a great movie. Wow. And I think every young person should watch it. What would be your go-to karaoke song? Um, probably it's going to be, it's a good question. Probably a Beatles song from Abbey road. You know, maybe here comes the sun. What would be your biggest pet peeve? Complaining, you know, over neediness, you know, complaining, um, you know, and, and, and ungratefulness. You know, when people are ungrateful, um, you know, then it drives me crazy. And then the last one for the Fast Five, you're a big baseball fan. If a 
15-year-old kid walked up to you right now and said, Brandon, I hate baseball. I'm never going to watch. What are you saying to that 15-year-old kid? That's it. It's not a big deal. It's one sport out of many. You know, find a couple of sports you do like. This is a good outlet. And it's always good to have a couple of sports, a couple of, you know, athletic sports that you like to play on some level because it's just a good thing to do to keep your exercise going and be compatible with others. Um, I get why kids don't love baseball. It's, it's a difficult sport to put together, play with your friends, and the game's moving a little slow, blah, blah, blah. When I grew up, we lived and died for baseball, and I still mm. love it. But I, I wouldn't – there's so many good sports out there. I mean, and now there's so many micro sports. I mean, you think about how much more sports are out there, much more soccer, rugby. Um, there's all different levels of hockey. Um, then you got your esports. Um, you got much more lacrosse coming on the scene and then you've got different levels of football. So there's a lot of stuff to watch and cover and play. Just don't, it's okay not to like one particular sport. Just don't get into not liking sports at all. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's healthy. Mm -hmm. And then Brandon, my last question for you is one. I always finish this podcast with who is Brandon Steiner? I'm just a relentless, you know, underdog who, you know, that, want to make a difference. You know, I want to get into a business that, that would be different, that would disrupt. Very, very proud about, you know, the industry that I really was a big part of connecting and, and creating. Um, I love the joy of taking memorabilia, which are, which really are memories that people tend to hold on to and bringing those into people's homes and offices and the joy that comes around that. And if I can go bring that to light and, and, and put a smile on kids' faces and be able to go create products that are fun, that you're able to relive the good stuff that happens, especially in a crazy world like this, then I'm feeling good about myself. Um, and I'm a person that likes to do good. You know, I, I think it's important to help others. It's important to, to do stuff that doesn't necessarily help yourself, but helps the next guy. You know, I think I want to be, I, I want to be a person that isn't hesitant to go help others and, uh, for people that are less fortunate because there are a lot of people that came before me that did that for me mm. or I would never be where I am today. Um, so I think that's a big part of my fabric is never to hesitate to lend a hand, be mm. kind. Mm -hmm. So again, Brennan, thanks so much for joining the podcast today. Before we wrap up, where can people follow you, read your books um, and just follow you on social media? I'm a big LinkedIn guy, but I'm over the subscriptions. So you got to follow me. Uh, if you want to book me for speaking, brandonsteiner.com. And if you go to Collectible Exchange or CX Stuff, uh, we're offering, I think, any one of my three books for free. Just pay for the shipping. So I highly recommend if you're a young entrepreneur, any of those three books would help you, but particularly the first two. And if you have a parent that's kind of stuck, I'd get the third book, Living on Purpose, which is probably my best work. Uh, really get you out of that mode and get, get really make a good connection you know, for anybody that's over 40 years old. It's a good book to read. Well, Brennan, thanks again for doing the podcast today. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a great day.